Good job, Pastor Mary. Good job. Love your jokes too. Very cool. Very cool. Well done. Great job, band. But you know, you did have instruments. Was that moving or what? Huh? Beautiful humility, and they're singing the goodness of God, eh? Singing about the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, this morning I'm continuing with God Knows, and this is number five. God Knows How to Speak to You. Now, I just want to give you this caveat up front um, that uh, it's going to be real personal from our position, from my position, Jackie's position. Okay, so I'm going to say some real personal stuff with you, and uh, I believe that God will minister to you, and that uh, if He's already speaking to you, that maybe in the stories that I share, you will be able to see that God is talking to you at the same time. Um, There are many methods God can use to talk to us. The primary method he uses is the Bible, the Word of God. And that's the most secure method. You read the Bible in the morning or whenever you read the Bible, and you, God will speak to you. But there's other more spectacular methods like visions, dreams, the visit of angels. You know, God spoke to the disciples out of a cloud, you know. So there's, there's many ways. I mean... Thank God you weren't in Egypt when God spoke via ten plagues. But there was him talking, right? He was talking. And then there was Moses. God spoke to him out of the burning bush. All right? That'll get your attention. We, today we have um, also prophecy, uh, word of prophecy, word of knowledge, that kind of stuff, where God uses the gifts of the Spirit to talk to us. And so there are very, very many methods. I mean, if you will not listen, he will talk to you out of the mouth of the donkey, Balaam's donkey, or this donkey this morning. Every time God speaks to you, every time God speaks to you, it will always be in line with the Word. It doesn't matter how spectacular it is, okay? So don't let, don't let the spectacular override the validity and the truth of the Word of God. I had an angel visit me. So what? Who, who knows that that angel was from God? You know, the devil goes around as an angel of light. God does promise that He will speak to us and that He will guide us. Let me give you two quick scriptures. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So notice this speaks about instruction and teaching in the way that you should go. God doesn't leave you out there to haphazardly make your way through life. He said, I'm going to teach you. And right now, you're in church as part of the teaching session that God is using to instruct you in the thing. And when you read the scriptures, the same thing. When you go to Bible college, the same thing. You get instructed. And then in Isaiah 30 verse 21, It says, whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So the second verse is more about God leading you at the spur of the moment for you to make decisions. See, the Bible doesn't say where you should live. The Bible doesn't tell you where you should live, but the Bible just says, 
walk with God. You follow? So there's broad strokes. But the Holy Spirit could say to you, go here or go there. And that's the direction that you might hear. Clearly, God wants you to do something. So let me give you a little warning. Not to seek voices or visions. And not to follow voices or visions unless they line up with the Word of God. By all means, if you hear a voice and the voice tells you to do something and it's a scriptural thing, by all means follow it. You see a vision and it's in line with the Word of God, by all means follow it. All right? So there's just a, a caveat, just a warning for you. Now, um, I just want to say that uh, Jackie wanted to be here this morning so badly uh, she was getting dressed with the oxygen tube on her. And uh, we eventually couldn't because she was already at level 10. And she just couldn't make it. She was fully dressed, wanting to come to church so badly to be here with you guys. So uh, we love you, Jackie, and we are praying for you. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, <clears throat> and many of you know that I worked on the cruise ships for 10 years, well, for four years after Jackie had the stroke. And it was the year 2005, I was working as an art director, and I was doing art auctions. Sometimes it was high-end art, not always. And I met an artist by the name of Alexander Nikita. She was 19 at the time, and uh, I had the honor of sailing with her. She was on board, and she was promoting her, her art. And uh, I actually really liked her art. Strange, you'll see why. Um, and I became the top-selling artist of her, uh, top-selling uh, director, auctioneer of her material. Um, it was actually quite expensive. At a very young age, she was known as the Petite Picasso. So I want to show you, first of all, a picture of Nikita. Um, I took this picture on board our ship. And uh, that's some of her artwork right behind her over there. And as part of my job, I used to research the Internet. I used to surf to find out what the prices are uh, in the marketplace on land for art so that I could do a comparison for those that are on the ship. So I could, this is what it's selling for, and so on and so forth. So um, one of my regular sites that I went to was artbrokers.com. And there I spotted an Alexandra Nikita uh, painting that she did when she was only eight years old, and it was called the Carnival. Would you show the picture of the Carnival? Now, you can see why she was called the Petite Picasso, okay? Um, this particular painting, now let's show the verse, let me show the back side of it. When an artist does this, it increases the value. The date is in the top right-hand corner when she painted it. Um, and this was a picture that she painted of going to the carnival with her uncle. Um, and uh, Andrea down there was her brother that was not born yet. And her mom was not even pregnant. But she decided that she was going to get pregnant. So I, can you go back, back up to show the picture of the front? Okay, so um, I was surfing and I saw this, uh, this picture. Now I'm going to share with you how that God can lead you to prosper. Right? So listen carefully now. So this piece of art was on sale for $25,000. She painted it and gave it to the lady that actually was babysitting her and taking to carnival, different stuff. And that lady decided to sell it. It was still rolled up. She didn't ever frame it. She didn't think it was worth anything. 
And I, when I saw this piece of painting, I said, you know what? This is a good piece. This is a good piece, especially since he's so young. So I had the green light, the reading, I'm leading. I had a green light, go ahead and buy it. So I negotiated it for $20,000, and they sold it to me for $20,000. I then put that beautiful red frame uh, on it, hung it in our house. Well, a year later, just a year later, I was actually working for Nikita on land in Los Angeles doing her art auctions. I had left Princess. I sold that piece of art for $150,000 one year later. So I was able to tithe and give offerings of $20,000, $130,000 clear profit after purchasing and giving to God the $20,000. The reason I'm sharing with you this is not to brag about the numbers, but to show you that if you are in business, God can lead you as a tither and a giver. He promises to lead you. And this is what I'm talking about. God can talk to you. He knows how to speak to you. I'm going to talk to you about dreams. This is another way that God can talk to you. In the December of 1971, Jackie and I wanted to get married, and so I took Jackie to visit with my parents, to introduce her to my parents. And... Uh, she, at that point, was not filled with the Holy Spirit. She was barely saved about two months. And she had this strange request. Because of her background, she said that she wanted God to fill her without anybody doing anything. That was her strange request. Well, so she has a dream. And in the dream, she's in church. And the offering plate comes around. And when the plate gets to her, she says to the deacon, I don't have any money to put into the plate. And the deacon says, God wants you to take something out of the plate. He wants to give you a gift. And it's not money, and you can't spend it. So she took it, and she woke up on her knees in bed, praying in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. So God met her through the dream, answered her prayer. All I'm telling you is, God knows how to talk to you. He can speak to you no matter what your situation is. In 1994, we were pastoring the church called Harvest here in Rancho Bernardo. Well, one night, Jackie had a dream. And uh, she dreamt that she saw Jesus in his full glory as a warrior, a victorious warrior. That's what she saw. And she was so moved by what she saw that she wrote and produced a musical called The Greatest Story Ever Told. And some of the people in this room were actually in that. Stand up if you were in that show. Stand up. We have three on that side. We have another one here. We have four people that were actually in the show. Let's have the lights down. I want to show you a couple of uh, uh, photos from this particular result of a dream. This was representing the different nations of the world. They were all fully dressed in the nation's costumes. Mary was also in this uh, show. And uh, uh, I think she was a hula dancer, Mary. I think it was Mary. Huh? Tanishan. And as she walked off, her hula dress fell off. The grass thing fell off. Let's show us another one. We had indoor fireworks. Indoor fireworks. That was Jesus... And this was the explosion. As you can see, it was 
a crazy place. I mean, the, the suction, we put a, a suction thing to draw out the smoke and everything, and if you were wearing a toupee, you'd needed to hold on to it. It was that violent. Give us another one. So there's God the Father and uh, all the glory shining down on the people worshiping. That's Mary actually in the white dress, I think, right there. I think that's her there. And uh, all right, give us another one. This is Jesus and the devil. And Cindy is the devil on the right-hand side. <laughs> and uh, she played such a good devil, it was frightening. <laughs> and uh, there was a, this was a rough-and-tumble, karate kick-throwing around. It was wild, crazy stuff. Show us another one. And here at the end, God the Father, everybody in white, glory and blessing and worshiping God. The greatest story ever told. Over 4,000 people came to see that show. Thank you so much. Put the lights up. Jackie did an amazing job, and everybody that worked with her was phenomenal. A result of a dream. Now I want to talk to you about spiritual visions. Now, a spiritual vision is a vision that you have with your eyes closed. So you're not seeing like we are right now. Your eyes are closed. You're seeing from something with inside you, and you see this, this vision. In 1974, Jackie and I were newly married, and we were attending our church's camp meeting. Now, when I say camp meeting, I'm not talking about Ritz-Colton uh, type uh, camp meeting. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Give us a picture of our camp meeting. That was camp. Okay, now some of you know that that's what's, what a camp meeting really looks like. And we were in a cement building, a brick building. Just show, show you a picture of the building. Uh, so that, that's where we ate breakfast and lunch, right, right back there. That's, uh, yeah, this is rough. Give us a building inside the, inside the building. Okay, now this lady in the orange dress on the right-hand side wearing the little mantella, that's Jackie right there. Okay, and I have one more picture, and Jackie's wearing white now in the right-hand corner. I, I, she really wanted to be here this morning because I said the whole sermon's about you. <laughs> but as you can see, we were worshiping God, we were praising, hands in the air, and something happened. The pastor called for people who would like to receive the Holy Spirit. And so people went forward, and they were kneeling, and they were praying, and some of them were really struggling. Others got filled very easily. But those that were struggling, I began to weep as I was watching those struggling to receive. And immediately I went into a vision and I saw, and this is the story, I saw Jesus. And uh, I saw Jesus standing uh, on the top of a, of, of, a, of a mountain. The sun was hitting him. And his, his hands were outstretched towards me like this. And I was kneeling at his feet. And he said this to me. He said, Henry... I want you to take my word to them because they don't want me. And it broke my heart because I realized that many people in the world don't want Jesus. And he said, if you'll take my word to them and they could feed off my word and hear my word, it would change their heart. And here we are more than 50 years later doing exactly what Jesus told me to do. But that was a spiritual vision. You understand? I didn't, uh, my eyes were closed uh, when, when that happened. Now, eyes wide open is a different kind of a vision. And as I said, it's going to be a little personal. 
Being in ministry um, is a very demanding job because people's needs just don't go away. And uh, so what happened is always constantly caring for people and then doing Bible college. I was, I was preaching five, six times a week, three times in Bible school, Wednesday night, twice on Sunday. Um, so I neglected my family to my shame. I put other people's needs ahead of my own family's needs. And this wasn't the first time this happened. It was the third time this had happened. And Jackie and I reached an impasse where we just could not continue married life. It was too difficult. She was working in the ministry. We were writing letters to each other. That's how we were speaking to each other. Didn't have cell phones. And things became incredibly difficult. And the greater the pressure built in each of us, the snappier we became with each other. The more aggressive we became with each other. The more intolerant we became with each other. Until we reached a place where I said, I want a divorce. Now, I had promised her on the day that we got married that I would never, ever, ever leave her. So for me to say we're going to get a divorce was huge. And of course, the ministry was at stake. Everything was at stake. But I couldn't live in the pain, and neither could she. We loved each other, but seemingly love wasn't enough. There needed to be more companionship. There needed to be more time with each other. And that night, we called the children in and we told them. We've always been very frank with our children. We told them we're going to get a divorce. And we told them why. Nobody had been unfaithful, just that work had taken the place of our marriage. And that night, I went to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning. I woke up, pitch dark, eyes wide open. There was something standing at my bed. In the shape of a woman, looked like someone that would be cleaning your home. Couldn't distinguish the features, but this, there was this woman standing at my bedside, at my feet. And I imagined, if I close my eyes, it'll go away. This can't be real. So I closed my eyes, opened my eyes, and it was still there. I go, am I really awake? So you understand something, I'm seeing something, and I can't tell whether I'm actually awake or am I really seeing something? Because this, is, this figure is standing at my bedside. And then I go with my lightning quick brain. This is a demon spirit. It has to be. And I go, in the name of Jesus. And I just got the name Jesus out. When this thing was sucked out the room like it had been vacuumed, that's how quickly it disappeared. And I was so shocked, I said, God, 
what was that? And he said, and God knows how to talk to you. He said, it was a spirit of divorce that you had allowed into the home as the head of the home. I rolled out of my bed onto my knees at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I repented for placing the ministry at that place that would jeopardize my marriage. And by yielding to the demonic forces that had been attacking my marriage, knowing how important marriage is, I repented and asked God to forgive me and asked Him if He could help us. Got back into bed, and next morning I told Jackie what had happened, and I repented to her. But you see, I had broken our marriage covenant with the words that I came out of my mouth. I said, I want to divorce this marriage is over. That's exactly how you get married. You say, this is forever. I'm going to stand with you. This is my marriage. This is my commitment. Well, those words came out of Jackie's in my mouth, and we broke our covenant that we had. So we remarried. We had another ceremony and recommitted ourselves to each other. And since then, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for another chance. Amen. Amen. God can speak to you. He knows how to speak to you. November 2020, the first Sunday of November. November the 1st, in fact. Jackie had a miraculous out-of-body experience in the middle of the night. The Holy Spirit took her out of her body to heaven to be with God. How long she was there, we don't know. But the caregivers taking care of the, the caregiver said she was restless for about five hours. And she went to visit with God the Father. And God the Father showed her creation and showed himself to be a creator. And spoke about his love and how he loves us. Well, on Monday morning, when I, we woke her up, she began weeping. And she said, I've got to tell you what happened. And she began to tell the story to me. Well, I quickly put my phone on to record. And I began to record. And she spoke for nearly two hours. I'm going to play you two minutes, two minutes of her trying to tell me what she saw. So please understand, she's overcome with emotion. Holy Spirit took you in the Yeah. He took me to the beginning of my journey. Holy Spirit took you in the Yeah. He took me to the beginning of this. He took me first to heaven and he showed me God's magnificence in all of the being of who he is. He showed me everything he was in me in such detail. He is, you can't describe him with our words. 
We don't have the words to describe him. The being is so out of our vocabulary. Did you? I was there. Did you see? I, I, I was not a throne. I was with him. He's being. He's a being and ending. It was he love himself created something. Just one divisive, the mighty creations that he did was we just one. One of so much that he created. And I saw it. I was there. He saw me. He let me see him from the beginning of time, before time, out of him, into his world that just always was. It was time is relevant. It's for now. His is just always being. And she goes on and she shares some insight and some revelation. It's just, it's remarkable what God showed her. So I'm going to play another one minute um, of another segment where she speaks about faith and how that God is in us. So this is, this is amazing. All right, just, there's two hours of this. She got it straight from, straight from heaven. So let's listen to this one more minute. A human is more faith. A human is more hope. Oh, definitely. I now know that faith is a power, not just a word. It creates, it makes ways. It is so powerful. Faith is not a word. It's something he gave us that's within us because he is with us in us. It is part of him. He is faith. It's part of his character. It's with of his being. And that's what he put in us. A part of his being in you. Scripture says that faith that comes by Jesus. Yeah, he, he is, that's who he is. He put a part of himself in us when we have faith. Mm. That's all part of his spirit that is in us. Yeah. He put his spirit in us. Yeah. That's, that's part of the, that's part of God. And so, you know, that's, that's magnificent to me. Yeah, quite phenomenal. Um, you know, she cries a lot in that, in that story and while she's sharing it, and, you know, she said to me, why? Why did God take this old lady, this old lady, on this journey to heaven? And I said to her, because you don't get out much. Let's talk about prophecy and the word of wisdom. Sometimes people say things to us 
It resonates deep within us. It's like, oh my gosh. It's more than just the person speaking because you know God just spoke through that person. They don't know it, but you know it. Ever happened to you? You're like, wow, God said that was God speaking. Now, you know, being married to Jackie, I can tell you that I've actually heard God speak in a woman's voice many times. <laughs> and this one particular time, it was two days before Mother's Day of May 2019, just two days before, when Jackie was about to go into a decomposition, which is a myasthenia gravis crisis. It's when you can't breathe and you can't swallow. So in order to save your life, they put you onto a ventilator, and she went onto a ventilator for nine days. You know what a ventilator looks like, go down your mouth, all this kind of stuff. And If you don't know what it looks like, let me give a picture of what it, what it looks like. This is what it looks like with all the machines on her. She was like that for nine days um, on fentanyl. Doesn't know anything. Two days before this happened, Jackie said these words. The devil can scare us, but he does not control us. And that's what I had to remember when I was sitting in hospital with Jackie looking at that. That God had spoken a word through her to my heart. It was a word of God. You're going to get scared. And we were. We were at the point where there was no way she was going to live from this. And that was three years ago. Thank you, you can take it down. In July of 1980, is it okay if I just keep telling you stories? Okay. I told you it's going to be personal today. In South Africa, some of the sports we play, rugby, you know, that's, that's American football without the pads and the helmets and everything else. Real men's game. And they play soccer, you know, that's all ball on the ground. That's when everybody acts that they've been hurt, you know, when they play that game. They act like they've been hurt, but they actually haven't been hurt. And then we play tennis and cricket. Cricket is rather weird, but I was a good cricket player. So our bank was going to be playing cricket against another team. And so I decided I'm going to go out and practice, and we go to the nets, it had been raining that afternoon, so I waited for the rain to finish, and I went up to the nets to practice. And while I was practicing the nets all by myself, a beautiful rainbow came up over the valley. Magnificent, bright rainbow. And I remembered the promise God made to Noah. I just put the cricket ball on the floor, lifted my hands all by myself, began to worship God out in the field, just giving thanks to Him, praying in the Spirit, just loving on God, when suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, I'm calling you into full-time ministry to go and teach my sheep. And uh, I said, Lord, you know I'm willing to go, but you need to speak with Jackie. She does not want to go into the ministry. And I don't want to go alone. And I mean, stay married, but do the ministry without her support. 
I said, you need to speak with her. And I just, I left it at that. Following week, we were at a Bible study. Um, I don't know if you people remember Jenny Grine, beautiful musician. No? I didn't think so, so. Bill and Jenny Grine from America were out there preaching. She wrote many, many beautiful songs. And so we went to here and to be part of that meeting. And uh, we, we came a little late because we had to travel about 40 minutes to get there. So we're sitting in the back row. And when Bill had finished preaching, he pointed at me at the back row. And uh, he said, you? And I said, me? He said, yes. Stand up. So I said, okay. And he said, are you called to the ministry? Now, I couldn't answer the question. <laughs> because Jackie's sitting right next to me. She doesn't know I spoke to God last week and said yes. <laughs> if I say yes, how's she going to respond to this? So I like, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. And eventually I said, yes. And I looked at Jackie, and she gave me that look. And then he said, is that your wife next to you? And I thought he could tell by the look. I said, yes. He said, stand up, you can sit down. I go, okay, okay. And he said to her, God is calling you to the ministry, into full-time work. And he's saying to you, you must not worry about everyday things. You need to believe God for your hair, your clothing, everything else, help in the house. You've got to believe God for that. Trust God for that. You can sit down. I go, okay, she can think I spoke to him. A year later, we were in full-time ministry in Valcom in our church. Now, let me tell you what happens. We'd been there a few weeks. When Lindsay, they would be Pastor Lindsay, at that time, Lindsay gets saved. And a week later, she leaves for Paris to go and study to be a beautician. When she comes back, she opens her own salon and gives Jackie free beauty treatments, facials, everything she wants, free. Another lady got saved, Mariette. Mariette might even be listening now from South Africa. She owned the only boutique in town. Magnificent clothing. She gets saved. She comes to church. She says to Jackie, you can come and take any clothes you want from our shop at cost. At cost. And now a third person gets saved. There was a lot of people getting saved. His name was Frenchie. Fabrice. Guess what he did? Hairdresser. The best hairdresser in our town, in Welcome. Best hairdresser. And he might be listening right now as well. I'm sure somebody's going to tell him about this. And he did her hair. Now, all of those people... I'm not sure if Mariette did, but all of those people became part of our inaugural Bible college along with Andrew. They were in our very first Bible college, and God met every single need that Jackie had. God knows how to speak to you. Amen? All right. Now, you all saw this, but I'm going to play it again because, you know, when God speaks to me, I like to play it over and over and over to remind myself. You need to. You remind yourself. So we're going to watch Prophetess Esther again. And if you haven't seen Prophetess Esther, you must understand this Spanish lady. 
Thank you. In Spain, God gives her the name of the promised church and Escondido, and she hasn't left Spain. And she comes to Escondido, and she ministers in different churches. She has meetings and so on and so forth. And Jody, wave your hand at me, Jody. Jody was supposed to attend this particular meeting, but she put it off, but some of her friends went. And then Prophet, Prophetess Esther begins to speak, and she starts speaking about Jody. So her friends start recording it. But little did they know where she was going. Lights down. Watch this. She doesn't know us from Adam. And the Lord is saying that she is a voice in that territory. And I see this place where there are chairs. And in the entrance, I see a word. The word is la promesa, the promise. Y veo una mujer, and I see this woman que es rubia, that she's blonde y es delgada, she's thin se llama Cindy. her name is Cindy a su lado, next to her hay un hombre, there's a man con pelo canoso, with a white hair se llama Henry. his name is Henry El Señor me dice, the Lord is saying que hay un tiempo de visitación para ese ministerio, la promesa. that there is a time of visitations that comes from the Lord to that ministry I see them surrounded de muchos niños negritos. by a lot of uh, little children and they are veo, of black color. And I see this place de Africa. in Africa. Es Ghana. Ghana. Ellos tienen allí un ministerio. They have a ministry there in Ghana. Con estos niños. Yes. Y Dios me dice and the Lord says que viene un crecimiento an expansion, exponential, an exponential expansion, a growth, acelerado. that it's accelerated, the Lord is releasing a lot for that ministry, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord is here, amen, amen, okay, so, God can speak to you many ways, he can get it to you. Amen? Somehow, someway, he can get it to you. There's only one thing that she, she had wrong with that. The hair is not white, it's gray. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes it looks white. Maybe it's for the future. <laughs> then I could just say, thank God I have hair for the future. <laughs> Amen? I have hair, it'll be white. Like Dennis. All right, let's wrap this up. I want to talk about the final way that God can talk to you, and it's through a still small voice, just inside. No visions and dreams and everything else, just inside you. The prophet Elijah had stopped the rain in Israel because of sin for three and a half years, and God tells him now to go and challenge the prophets um, of Baal. So he goes um, up on the, uh, the, the mountain, and he calls the prophets up there, and he says, all right, what we're going to do, we're going to build an altar, oxen and everything else, and whoever can call fire down from heaven, that will serve that God. So they fail. He calls fire down from heaven, consumes the altar, consumes the oxen, everything, the water, the whole lot. He breaks the drought. He kills 450 prophets. He then runs 20 miles in front of the king's chariot to get down the mountain, 
And then he gets threatened by Jezebel. And then he runs from the woman after all that. This shows you. Anyway, so now we're going to pick up the story with him going off to Mount Horeb. In 1 Kings 19, verse 8, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Say the Lord was not in the wind. Even as magnificent, as powerful as this is, the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then the, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after that, after the fire came a gentle whisper. So the interesting thing is that when we are in difficulty and problems, we tend to expect God to show up like a mighty wind, like a forest fire, like an earthquake in our life. And then he chooses to talk to us in a still small voice, even though we're in this turmoil. And this is, a, this is an amazing thing that God can do that. Now I'm going to tell you one more story and how God spoke to me through the word and the still small voice together. In January of 2008, um, I was, during my quiet time, I was reading the following scripture. Luke 6, 27. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, and if someone strikes you in your cheek, turn him, turn him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. My goodness. This is a scripture I wish was not in the Bible. Do to others as they've done to you. Are you guys following me or not? Doesn't sound like it. It says, do to others as you want them to do to you. Lend without expecting to get anything back, and then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Be merciful, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Well, personal story. Jackie and I had invested $250,000 in an oil well with a businessman who was in our church. We were living in Clearwater Beach, Florida at the time. And uh, the well wasn't producing any oil, but they had the ge geographical, geological findings and drawings and everything else. Just to show you, we went down to see the well before we put money into it. So I'm going to show you some pictures of the oil well. So that you can see, this is a legitimate well. Next one. And the next one. And again. One more. All right. Thank you. So legitimate well, we go down there, and uh, I miss God. Because what I see makes me think that it's for real, that this is truly a great opportunity, and I'm being spoken to by a Christian brother, and all the people around me are Christians. So I think, well, this has got to be God. This is, you know, i got to go with this. And I was wrong. The 
Oil well never produced oil. And uh, whatever it produced wasn't enough to even cover the expenses. So I began to write letters to this man telling him that he'd been dishonest with us. I uh, moved to California. The thing got worse. And uh, eventually I accused him in letter writing and everything else. I, I wrote a letter one day. It was, I mean, it was an ugly letter. But I was angry. And I had done all the research to prove what he had done wrong. So I went to sleep that night feeling very satisfied with myself that I was going to tell this guy his fortune. Two o'clock in the morning, I got woken up by the Holy Spirit. He told me not to send the letter. He told me I must forgive the man. Now this is what happens when you read this scripture in the morning. <laughs> you must forgive the man. And you must repent and ask him to forgive you for what you've already said. I said, get thee behind me. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. If this is God, you would know that I have been on the receiving end. I'm the one who's hurting. I'm the one who's been stolen from. He's got to get what's coming to him. He's got to be straightened out, and I'm the one who's going to do that. <laughs> the Lord said to me, I want you to be an agent of change. Oh, what? I never heard that term. Holy Spirit said, I want you to absorb the wrong. You take the wrong, and you don't do to him what he has done to you. You turn the other cheek, and you give him forgiveness. And in that way, you will stop Satan from increasing sin in the world. Absorb the wrong like I did on the cross. And give love to those that hate you. Because if you return what they gave you, you are multiplying the sin. And it's not going to get any less. It's going to get more. And I want it to stop with you. So my advice to you is just don't read the Bible. <laughs> so I accrued a massive capital loss. That is still working for me today. It's still being deducted off any capital gains I make. So at the end of the day, I got it back anyhow. You understand? Yeah. Just the memories on that suite. <laughs> but that's a typical way the Holy Spirit will speak to you in conjunction with the Word. You'll read the Scripture, and then He'll bring something to mind or something will happen in your life, and He'll ask you to apply the Scripture to your life. All right. My final closing. Three reasons... Why you don't hear the still small voice. We all want to hear. We all want to be three reasons. Number one, you're too busy. I was too busy in the church to hear God talking to me about my family. He knew what was coming, but I wouldn't listen. I was too busy. Number two, if you want to hear, you need to be quiet. 
Your life is too noisy. Not if it's too busy, it's too noisy. You need to draw aside and have time when it's just you and God, just quiet. From all the shouting that's going on, all the trouble that's happening in your life, everything that's going on, just be quiet. Give God a chance to speak with you. And number three, the third reason you don't want to hear is you don't want to hear. Because most times, you know that as that guy on the voice does, you might be the problem. And you don't want to own up to it. You don't want to hear it. God will only hear if you correct the other person. And God says, I want you to change. So, how do I know? How do I know? It's a still small voice of God. How do I know? What do I look for? If it's something where God is saying, go for it, like the Nikita painting, there's going to be a good feeling, a velvet feeling, a warm feeling, a green light. There's going to be, when you think about it, you sense that you have enough faith to believe God for it. There's a comfort level that you go like, yeah, I can do this in Jesus' name. I can do this. I have a secure feeling. I have a comfortable green light. Every time I think about it, I feel like, okay, okay, I will succeed. I have that, that assurance that I will succeed. Well, how do I know if it's the wrong decision? Don't do this. Well, exactly the opposite is true. You'd have like a bladed wire, bob wire feeling when you think about it. You might feel like I feel like my stomach is upset. When I think about it, I feel uh, I'm anxious about it. I'm not sure that that's going to work. When I go to sleep at night, I don't have peace. The thing is bothering me. This decision is bothering me. If I want to do this, uh, I think it, it might be just, it's too much. I'm disturbed by, you know, I feel like my spirit is cramping. Can you tell the difference? The one is go and the one is stay. The one is do it and the one is don't do it. Let's have every eye closed. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us today? Through all of these times, you want to speak to us, and I know, Holy Spirit, that you have been speaking to us, to every one of us in this room and to those watching online. You have been speaking to us about things that are going on in our life, directions you want to take us in, things that you want to stop in our life. Maybe there's things you want to correct. Lord, only you know who will hear this message. But you know how to speak to people, so I'm assuming that whoever hears this message, you're speaking to them. Why don't you just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying? Is there something you want me to do? Is there something you need me to correct? Is there a situation you want me to heal? Do I have to ask somebody to forgive me? Do you promise the Lord today that if He speaks to you, that you will obey? Quickly, quietly, without fussing and arguing about it. If so, let's ask God.
Let's ask God. Father, we ask you to speak to us every day of our life. You are already in us and you're close to us. Lead and guide us. We promise, Lord, to do what you say. That we might be agents of change. And walk a peaceable life. Causing us to have peace, to prosper. And to know you intimately. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stand. Keep the lights down. Everybody stand. If you need prayer today, maybe because of the message, maybe God spoke to you, and you really need prayer, you want somebody to pray with you, just make your way out of the seat. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come down, our ministry team to come down. If you've never given your life to Jesus, friends, you can't do this life without Jesus, and you certainly can't do the next life without Jesus. You come on down and ask somebody to pray with you. Ask him to pray with you. If you need to have the Holy Spirit in your life, and you heard the stories after stories after stories today about how the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding, You need to have the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you. Come and receive the Holy Spirit. Come and receive right now. Come and receive the Holy Spirit. Come and receive Jesus. Come and let that go. Friend, if it's your marriage, it'll never be easier than it is right now. Never. Because I know for sure God spoke to your heart. For sure. Let us minister to you.